And we love him tonight. And we thank him for his goodness to us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for standing and singing and letting me do that. I remember hearing that song as just a young boy at a camp meeting in Oregon. And I always enjoyed when Brother Richardson got up to sing that. And I, I'm not so sure that I understood completely what the song was saying, but it's been a favorite of mine through the years. Grateful to be here tonight and thankful that I have an opportunity to speak to my home church. Um, it's been 29 plus years and uh, my nerves were somewhat settled before I came out and I heard Bishop's voice and there went the nerves. I'm grateful for this man. I don't even know how to put into words the love and adoration that I have for Brother Frost. And I'm sure that he probably remembers I walked into his office, wasn't married very long, and I asked him a bunch of questions. And he sat there and he answered every one of them. We were late to get out into the service, but he answered every one of them. And I've never questioned again because I knew that there was a man in my life that loved me, that would preach to me and help me along the way. Amen. I want to read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I might add that I really love my pastor. I've known him my whole life, and to get to this point of our lives and the story that we've had through the years of playing church together, and now we just have church together, and I'm grateful for that. Reading Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and thank you for this opportunity tonight, God. Thankful for your word that is always anointed. God, I pray that you'd anoint my lips of clay tonight. That I would preach your word, God, without fear or favor. I pray that you'd anoint the ears of the hearer and the hearts of the hearer, God, that they would hear and that they would accept this word, God. I pray that you would challenge and change every one of us in the house tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. For just a little bit, I want to preach on this subject. I want to be a butterfly. I want to be a butterfly. I've never heard of someone proclaiming that they wanted to be a caterpillar, ever. And I remember as a young boy, I think the first time I really remember, I was about five years old, and I was in the backyard of a house in Oregon, 
Myrtle Creek, Oregon, and I picked up a little green worm-like thing, and it was a caterpillar. And I played with that thing for hours, it seemed like, and didn't realize that at that young age what a caterpillar really was. And I guess it's a good thing I didn't try out my my cutting skills or anything. I let it live. But um, I never thought that this is what I want to be in life, a little caterpillar. Now, I have heard people, and mostly kids, but they have said that they wouldn't mind being a butterfly. How many have went to the butterfly uh, place over in Oceano or Pismo or wherever? I've, I've driven by it a few times, and the last time I happened to be there, I thought that'd be kind of cool, and I think it was sprinkling, and I didn't want to get out into the rain and get wet, but that's something that I would like to do um, because I'd like to see all the beauty that can be beheld by the the butterflies that are flying around that area and that are sitting on leaves and sitting on limbs. But they, if you know much about a butterfly, you understand that there's a metamorphosis process that they go through. And at this time, the caterpillar will hang upside down on a twig or a leaf or even the side of a house, and they will begin to spin a silky cocoon or chrysalis. There is a birth from an egg that they are born from. And they say that a caterpillar will, as it begins life, will immediately start eating and gorging itself to get longer and plumper until it is stuffed with leaves and the like. This blew me away. They said, imagine a seven-pound newborn consuming about 1,400 pounds of formula in two weeks. That's what it's like. They eat that much. And... This process advances them to a place that the juvenile hormones are dying and they begin to take on the adult hormones and they begin the process of cocooning. And this process can be likened unto a new convert that is constantly learning and eating the word that comes out of a world and all of a sudden there's a new world here and they're be trying to become like Christ. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. This is something where... Uh, a new convert will come to the house of God and they will enroll in a Bible study or they will go into uh, elements next door or they will just sit here every service and they will hear somebody preach the word from the pulpit and they are just taking it in and taking it in and I've watched some of them begin to transform right before our eyes because they begin to hear the word of God and to understand that there's a better life than what I used to have. The cocoon phase is isolation, and this is not a word that too many of us want to talk about. Isolation takes us away from our comfort zone. It takes us away from our friends. It takes us away from, from the, the Friday night dinners with some friends, and maybe there's a time in the weekend that you used to spend with the friends going places and going to eat and playing some games, and all of a sudden you, you've got to get away and you find an altar somewhere and you isolate yourself. The cocoon phase in a butterfly, they have to be alone in this moment. And they, they go to a, a, a limb on a tree or they go to a leaf or they go to the side of a house and they, they begin to spin this silky chrysalis. It cannot be done just around everybody. 
And I've gone through play, uh, phases in my life where I realized I couldn't just be around somebody all of the time. I'm a people person. I like to be around people. I like to be around people a lot. And the older I get, the, the more I realize that I still need a little bit of time alone. But it wasn't easy as a young person that realized that if I wanted a touch of God on my life, that there was going to be some time just me and this Bible, this particular Bible, actually, because I've had this since 1986. There have been a lot of times that I've opened up this word of God and I found an answer for what I needed in my life. There's been a, a lot of times I laid across my bed when I was in my late teens and early 20s and I opened this particular Bible. And I will never forget one, one Sunday, Brother Casey, that I was teaching college and career. And I pulled this Bible out and I took it to college and career. And it was a cool thing. I was going to tell them, you know where this came from? And I began to teach and preach from the word of God. And something happened to me. Some emotion welled up inside of me because I was holding something so precious. I was holding something that took me to places that nobody and nothing could ever take me. Because I found a place in the, in the heart of God right alongside his shadow and I found a place in his word where I could isolate a little bit and become something different. See, I just, I just want to be a butterfly. I know, funny, funny little title, but there are so many things that I want to be in God and I can't be them unless I'm willing to go through the transformative phase or process the butterfly emerges completely transformed no longer a common caterpillar no longer this little green worm-like body it's transformed into a beautiful multicolored winged flying butterfly i looked this word up and and a butterfly completely goes through what they consider a complete metamorphosis unlike some other insects and there is a word that is a Greek word that is holo metabolis. And if you break that down, holo means whole, meta means change, and bowl means to throw. Used as one word, it means completely or wholly changed. And so I ask tonight, or you may ask, what are you trying to say tonight? And then I say, I'm glad you asked. I'm very glad that you're interested in what I have to say tonight. We cannot attain to what God has for us without this process. In order for me to represent him, I must look like him. I must act like him. I must walk and talk like him. If I'm going to do the work of God, my feet must be willing to walk where he would walk. I must be able to speak as he would speak and my heart should love like his heart would love. How many of you have ever been on the other end of the phone line like I have and you call someplace for service? Just today, I called one. And I, it was a, like a merry-go-round. Very slow, but a merry-go-round. And they give you a menu and you got to pick from six things. And I listened to that multiple times and I finally picked the one I want. And then you got to listen to three more and I've picked the one I want. And you listen to four more and I pick the one I want. And it's never really specific when you really need it to be. All of a sudden it gets really vague and you don't understand what they're saying. 
and it was just some automated system and I got so frustrated and I find myself most of the time I'm starting out and I'm like, I'm going to be very patient today. I'm going to listen and I'm going to push the right button at the right time and I'm going to go to the right place and I'm going to figure some of this stuff out and it's going to be taken care of. But the flesh gets a hold of me every once in a while. And when I do all of that, all of a sudden I find myself yelling, representative, representative. I don't say I want to talk to a representative. I just use the word representative. And although that's funny, there's plenty of people in this world I would, I would um, guarantee that they are looking for somebody to represent Christ and they're probably standing on a corner somewhere with one sock on maybe and no shoe and the other side just completely barefooted and holes in their pants and they're probably crying out inside representative please does anybody know who Jesus is can anybody help me out of my situation and although that's kind of a funny uh, uh, analogy to bring to you to talk about I'm sure that there are people that are looking for someone that has gone through a transformative process in their life that's willing to step out and say, let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me introduce you to somebody that can take you to a place that you've never been. And it's not going to be a place that makes you high or drunk or any of those things, but it's going to make you feel joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I believe that people are looking for someone that has gone through a process that says, I refuse to stay like I used to, stay, used to be. I can't for the life of me believe that there is a, a butterfly flying around that, and they say that they still have a, a memory because the brain stays there. I don't know. I was just reading what I, what I was reading. But they can remember being a caterpillar. And I can't imagine that any of those butterflies, especially the monarchs, yeah, just take me back. I'll be the little green guy cruising around very slowly. And so it's hard for me to understand why somebody that's lived in the house of God, that has experienced the love of God, that has been in an altar and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and been in a water, watery grave, I can't believe that they would go back to a world. And yet I know people personally that have gone there and I've talked to them and told them, I can't wait till you come back because I'm going to dance in an altar with you. Because something happened in their life. I don't know why in the world they would be where they're at. And I can't believe for the life of me they would choose that life over this one. But I know that they once went through a transformative phase. And they became what God wanted them to. And I know that there's a place for them in the kingdom of God once again. And I'm going to pray and believe that they can come back to this place. And once again be a butterfly. Once again be something in the house of God. This is not a message to someone pursuing platform ministry only. This is a message to every one of us because we should seek ministry at some level. Here are a few things that would help us in our journey to becoming a butterfly. Prayer. Monday night prayer. I don't know what it is. We change nights and it, it seems like we change nights and, and it gets more powerful. I don't know why that is. I don't know if there's still a residue in here from Sunday night. But it's powerful. But one of the most 
probably the greatest altars I've ever built was in my vehicle. And I don't know if it's because it's on my way to work in the morning, but I've had some mighty good prayer meetings in my truck, in my van, whatever I happen to be driving. And I know that it has sustained me. It has helped change me. It has helped transform me. It has helped when I may have been weak enough to think that uh, conforming to the world was, was an okay situation. The prayer would sustain me enough to realize that's not where I need to be. I don't need to conform, but I need to transform. Regular church attendance is something else that I think is, is most important. The Bible says that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So much the more as you see the day approaching. The day. The day must be, they must be talking about as the day of his return. Prayerful study of the word of God is another thing that will help you in transforming and becoming something different in the house of God. Interaction with godly influences will help you. The friends that you used to have that took you down roads that you should have never gone down, that got you involved in things that you should have never gotten involved in, those are not the kind of friends that will help you be in, uh, uh, become transformed in the, spirit, in, the, in the renewing of your mind, but they will take you places you shouldn't be. But you come to the house of God and you meet people here that have godly influences to them. They, they pull you aside and talk to you and, and guide you and lead you. They teach you Bible studies. And even to this day, there will be times that us guys will be standing around here and someone will say something about a scripture and begin to expound for just a few minutes. And it's guiding me and leading me. It's, it's trying to transform me. It's trying to make things better for me. They don't know it. At that moment, they have no clue what they're doing. They're just trying to share something because it's exciting to them. But it changes me. It transforms me. It keeps me going in the right direction. And so our early formative years should be preparing us for this kind of process. We should be hungry. We should be purposeful in our approach to gain knowledge from the word of God. We have to be intentional in the fact that if I'm going to be used in the capacity that God seeks to use people to spread the gospel, I'm going to have to dedicate my life to this process. If I'm going to go through a transformative process, I will have to sacrifice some things. I may, all, I may not always feel like being around others. I may have a burden that nobody else would understand, and it, it may, may, may cause some, some discomfort around somebody. I've watched men of God before bore a hole right through me when they walked by. And I'm thinking, man, what? I'm too far away from God. He's not even going to smile at me. Not recognizing that that moment there was a burden and so he was walking by and he wasn't paying attention to what was happening, but God was talking to him. And that could happen to each and every one of us as we get, begin to delve into the things of God and say, God, I want to be changed from the inside out. I don't want a partial metamorphosis to take place, but I want a complete, a whole, complete transformation. I may not feel as if I fit in. There'll be times that I'm going to feel like I don't know what I'm doing here. 
so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing that, and I'm, I'm just kind of stuck out here on the peripheral edge, and, and I don't feel like I'm a part of anything. And sometimes that's because God is taking you through a process that's changing you. And he's saying, I can use you if you'll allow me to do this. The direction I take may not be what others are doing. I remember as a young man, 19, 20 years old, I was very close to a, a guy. We were like brothers. He was best man at my wedding. And I remember as he began to backslide, and it was hard for me to deal with. And I was just coming to terms. I mean, I've been married almost 30 years, and I just kind of reconnected with him, and he was moving away. And all of a sudden, something dawned on me that, that there was a, an event that happened that must have caused him to do what he did. And it was not a good excuse to walk away from God, but it was an event that affected who he was and what, he was, what kind of trajectory he was on. And it affected our relationship to the point that I had to not go and be with him anymore. Because people had asked me, are you, you going out there where he's going? Are you doing those things? Are you drinking? Are you carrying on? And I was like, I, I can't be a part of that because I wasn't, that's not the road I wanted to take. And I watched as I sat at my other church. I sat right there and he sat next to me and all of a sudden he was in the second row and the third row, and the fourth row, and from the fourth row, he went all the way to the back. And I, I grieved. We sang in the choir together. We prayed together. We had moves of God that we would linger in the presence of God, and we would be side by side, and he was like a brother to me. And I realize we're going down two different roads, and I, that's not a road that I'm willing to take. And when I finally got the courage up, it was almost 30 years, Brother Frost, to try to repair something there. And we weren't at odds with one another, but there was not a closeness there anymore. And he moved a few hours away from my parents in Oklahoma, and I have... I have uh, Promised him that I will come and see him. But while preparing for this message, I thought of that. And realized that when I was going through a process of change. And I was seeking a greater calling and a closer relationship with God. He didn't see the importance of that in his own life. And he, he began to walk away from everything that he ever, ever knew. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. This is scripture that he would have heard. I know because I was in the same church and I heard it. 
He was in the same moves of God that I was in. I know because I sat right next to him and I experienced it. He had decent, good leadership that was trying to get him to heaven just like I did. I know because I sat there and I, I was a part of that and I understood that somebody's trying to make sure that I make heaven my home. And yet he was not willing to go through the process. And I read this statistic about caterpillars and they say only about 2% of caterpillars become butterflies. I'm being quiet because it needs to sink in. See, I'm in the house of God and not only 2% of us make it to a transformative process. Thank you, Sister Betty. She had her hands up. I'm grateful that in the house of God, it's better than 2%. When you come to the house of God and you repent of your sins and you get go down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, more than 2% of us are going to come out shouting. More than 2% of us are going to change our lifestyle. More than 2% of us are going to become something in the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Understand that if you'll commit to this process, you will come out of it stronger and greater. You will become that butterfly. You will become a child of God. You will become that man or woman of God that he has called you to be. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I happen to look up 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 in the NIV, and it says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so, I know as I stand here tonight and I begin to preach or teach or treach, I call it treaching because there's a lot of teaching and a little bit of preaching. And you say, well, haven't you already committed to that process? Yes, I have. Haven't you already... Gone through the process? Yes, I have. It's a daily quest. It's a desire that keeps a place in my heart that I've got to go through the process, that there's got to be something that constantly tells me that I need to become different, that I need to become like he wants me to become. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that he, he said, I die daily. And we should continually be in the process of transformation to become the best that God has for us. I'm reminded of Paul's appeal to the Christians at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. 
For hitherto you were not able to bear it, and neither yet now are ye able. And he's talking to the church in Corinth and was somewhat lamenting the fact that I'm still over here with a bottle and, and you've been around long enough. He goes on to say that you should be teaching, you should be preaching, you should be doing more, and I'm still trying to feed you. And yet this is the same man, this is the same Apostle Paul in the Romans chapter 7 that laments the fact that the things I do, I shouldn't, and the things that I should do, I don't do. Because he's going through a process daily and he's going back to an altar somewhere and he's saying, I've got to lay down my flesh and I've got to become what God has asked me to become. I've got to go where he's asked me to go. I, I, I've always been one that, that believed that I could be his hands and his feet. But something happened in the last couple of years when I realized that I also have to have his heart. And I have to love people just as he would love people. I have to be able to, to listen to people and, and hear the complaints that they have sometimes and try to move them in a direction that, that brings them away from the complaint to, to, to recognize how good God is. I just was driving down the road this afternoon listening to a song and I began to weep because I thought, how can God be so good to me? How can he take the frustration from Martin Fields? How can I make the mistakes that I made? And he still stands there and says, come on, boy, get back up. We got a work to do. Come on, boy. You need to, you need to find yourself an altar again. Come on. I, I've given you a call, and I want you to do some things. You can't just sit by the wayside. I'm thankful for a God that has an understanding of who I am because he made me who I am. As the musicians come, if the church is doing its job as the mother, and we are caring and we are nurturing our new converts, there's going to be some things in the infancy and juvenile stages that we're going to have to help them process. We can't afford to walk away from them in these stages. We've got to hold them up in prayer. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I've got to teach. I've got to nurture. Most of all, I've got to preach the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that we are to show them how we emulate Christ by identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection and repentance. Water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is what starts all of us on a path to transformation. From an old life to a new life in Christ. Ezekiel 36, 26, 26 says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. A few days ago, an old song came to mind, and I do think of old songs a lot. I happen to like new songs, but I happen to really like old songs too. 
But this particular song says, make me what I ought to be. Help me to be more like thee. Bid me come up higher till thy face I see. Make me what I ought to be. Aunt Pat, the first time I remember hearing that song, I was in Oxnard, California. Just a, a little guy. I've seen this going down the road a few days ago, and I've seen it Every time I've been in the car alone since then, nobody wants to hear me sing this. Not in my family anyway. I did tell you I like old songs. They don't quite like all of my old songs. But there was a meaning to this that made me emotional. Someone may look at this word make and it's like you're forcing someone, and that's not what that is. This is like the potter working the clay and make me what I ought to be. And the second line says, help me to be more like thee. And then there is a bid me come up higher. I'm waiting. I just, I just need the invitation from you. Bid me come up higher. Till thy face I see, make me what I ought to be. As we stand, I would to God that every one of us would come to an altar tonight, come to the well. With this thought in mind that I want him to make me into what he wants me to be. I don't want to come to him and say, I've got a picture. I mean, some guys go to the barber and they show him a picture and say, can you do this? Or could you imagine going to the king of kings and saying, can you make me look like that? And he looks and says, no, that's, that's not acceptable. And I want to be able to look at the king of kings and say, make me what I ought to be. Help me to be more like you, God. In this transformative process that I'm going through, I pray, God, that you would give me the patience to, to hang in there until it's all done. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that sometimes because maybe they didn't eat enough or they didn't spin enough silk or something happens in the process and so the 98% don't just stay a little worm-like caterpillar, but some of them become a moth. They've got wings and they can fly, but they're not beautiful. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I read that, I thought, Brother Frost, there have been times in my life that I wanted to see God do great things in my life, but if, if all you can do is make me a moth, then I'll be a moth. 
If all you can make me is a prayer warrior in the house of God, then that's all I want. If all I can do is drive a bus with Sunday school kids in it, then that's what I want. Oh, as a young boy, you have great thoughts of being some great preacher or some great drummer or some great pianist or singer. And I can tell you that I've gone through some things in my life that if I'm just a guy that prays with somebody that's seeking the Holy Ghost in the altar, then that's what I'm going to be. But I still have to go through a transformative process that makes me into a Christ-like, as, as close as I can get, human being. These altars are open as they begin to sing a song of invitation tonight. I want to be what he wants me to be. I want to be something other than what I was yesterday. Take my heart.